0: you never heard of hey everybody welcome to the common folk podcast with ben morgan and andy
1: all right welcome back to common folk
2: the podcast for the people by the people
1: Mm -hmm. there we go we need
2: need to trademark that we should i think
3: we keep saying we're going to but no, that takes a lot of time and money. No one Counts has too much any of to that. It costs too much trademark stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: And it's like a $560 to get your foot in and then yeah. it's another $120 a year and like and, and what are you paying for? And what, then you got to
1: maintain get... it. Yeah. And then if and then if someone uses it anyway you, it doesn't matter because then the la- sue em? the lawyers are like oh well you didn't have it trademarked for that or, and they're kind of yeah. using it in a different way yeah. and
3: Wait, do you think our lawyer would do that? David Madden?
2: Well, (laughs) he would tell you that that you can be sued or they can sue you. Like, oh, my hands are in the air.
1: The company that Dave used to work for is who handles all the trademarks because he doesn't. Oh. And I've had this happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm like, can you guys go ahead and please uh, send these people a letter and sue them for, you know, using a similar... Yeah. And they're like, well, it's not quite the same. But yeah. you can you can do that if you want, but this is what it's going to cost. Oh, and, God. Yeah. yeah, And you're probably not going to win. And I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, I was
2: I was actually reading through my trademark for our hunting show. Okay. I'm like, this doesn't guarantee us anything. Like, what do, what do no. we buy? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is it? it? doesn't It doesn't protect the logo. It doesn't protect the thing. Like, oh, well, okay. Here, here's
1: yeah. what it does. Here's the only thing it's ever done for us. So we handle merchandise and branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of what appear to be Chinese companies knocking off logos and designs oh, sure. yeah. and selling yeah. shirts online. Easy. And a lot of them sell them on Amazon. And they have their own little, you know, Amazon store Yeah. Or they're coming
2: under fire on this. I the Amazon well, is. Well, they should. Yeah.
1: So, I can go on there and I can search, you know, farm focused and stuff will start coming up. And then if I send cuz they almost always have contact info, if I send that store an email and say hey look you are violating the digital millennium copyright act we own this design Mm -hmm. you need to take it down immediately or you're going to get sued they always take it down Hmm. so it works for that but i could totally be bluffing and telling them that i have it trademarked and they're still take it down
3: right but we really do
2: and the ccp would probably beat you in a you know Lawyer up. You want, a, you want a lawyer up against China? <laughs> <trainer? laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, about. they might win. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah we it's it's probably time. just some
3: it. person it. in already. their room printing. You know, it's not like a big company.
1: Oh, oh. there it is. Was mm-hmm. yours supposed
3: to be better than his? It's just opening a can, guys. Oh, like, I, come on.
2: I wasn't. There's no competition. I'm oh. just saying this. I will Ben. Yeah. Ben
3: tried to compete with you. Did you see that? He was like, "Was he really?" Yeah, he put it I
2: up to on, the mic. I Thought we're on the
1: same team here. You're the competitive <laughs> one, not me.
3: <laughs> I'm not cracking at one, one today because I got to run kids around, kids, mm, kid.
0: kids, kids. Later,
1: let's get to it. Well,
3: we have a guest so, here. I yeah, mean, we do. we're just neglecting this gentleman sitting here.
4: It's alright. It's not my first time.
2: So now, <laughs> so, now no, I do, I do want to say this. So we got Kyle Leckenberg back on. You know. Um, and we got a lot of reviews. You know, I, I heard even from back home. You know, Did you, you? you saw a little bit of it on Facebook. Yeah, you know, little some fallouts. Yes, yeah, so, well, I wasn't
3: here last time, so I'm kind fallout. of excited.
2: <gasps> oh, was it? Was it, it was the last good. episode? There was that, a that fallout. Okay. Not, I wouldn't say fallout. fallout's maybe the wrong word. It was good dialogue, right? right but right.
3: who didn't mm-hmm. like it? I, I
2: think well, they liked it. Yeah, I wouldn't say didn't they like, didn't like it. Yeah, yeah it like oh, it
3: was good. Okay, brought
0: light because I
3: liked listening to it.
1: Well, any of these topics, you're gonna have like feelings on one side or the other. Yep. All the stuff we talk about. So you you heard from folks kind of on both yeah. sides and, and some folks that were like, right. hey man, you guys need to think about this or whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly. So uh, what were they saying? Well, a lot of it had to do with the, the uh, corporation, this corporate farm out of the Minneapolis area okay. that was buying up ground in Boyd County and Knox County and Holt County. And we, we didn't really dwell on it. We just brought it up and like, oh yeah, they're there. They're doing this. They're doing that. But Uh, It's kind of
4: like macroeconomics versus micro. Like it was localized, bringing it very local. mm, And and mm -hmm. some of the same types of things come out, whether it's
2: local or on a world stage. Gotcha. But but he snuck one in. I mean, I I had all those notes in front of me last time and and little stories I wanted to get into. Uh, He was being a little too self-deprecating. He's like, oh, well, Andy was such a baseball all-star. He probably didn't notice I was on the team. Like this guy and this guy's family— they're all exceptional athletes. And (laughs) on top of that, they, like, would work really hard and they'd put in the work. So, like, if you had to go up against them, you knew... That not only were you up against like a a really good athlete, you were also up against somebody that put their time in. Yeah. So they kind of like double mind f you in that way. Right. Like, like they already won.
3: Really deserved it. Yeah. Know?
2: Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so he he, he I, worked that in on me. Little exaggeration. <laughs> uh, I think no, 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 it's no. a lot of
4: small school, small town folks around the state, and in the Midwest. It's it's a level of grit that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was everywhere. I mean, every every small town. And that's, you know, as we get into this topic of estate planning, you'll see grandparents, parents, kids, grandkids. There's a level of grit that's that's pretty neat, which makes yeah. transition hard. And I don't mean mm-hmm. to jump into the topic. No, but, sure.
3: no it's yeah. great, but it's got to start from somewhere. But you know right. what I mean? So I'm
2: going to tell a quick story first. To lay the foundation of who mm-hmm. this guy is
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: so we we'd always do a co-op team right yep butte spencer lynch all the towns in boyd county and uh your older brother was up to bat brandon he's a year older than me two years older than you right yep and doug williamson another doug kid from butte doug but nolan. But yeah, yeah doug nolan Kurt Kurt williamson. yeah <laughs> uh, he was sitting next to me and it was getting down to nitty-gritty right Bottom of the seventh inning, you know, we we were down by a run, but a guy was on second base the whole nine yards. Okay. And Doug hollers out, Come on, Brandon, be a Lichtenberg. And then started cheering. And then he looks (laughs) at everybody from Lynch is like, What's that mean? (laughs) No, no, we knew. (laughs) Everyone knew. And then Doug looks at me and goes, I said that because, you know, the Lichtenbergs are so good and they always come through in the clutch and they're so clutch and they're so good anyway, but they're really good in the clutch. That's why I said it like that. Like, I got you, Doug. I, I understand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and did it happen? Of
2: course it did. I think he oh, hit a double damn. run score, tied it up, and we went on to win the whole nine yards. Okay. Well, Brandon,
3: there you go.
2: Brandon was a Lechtenberg at that uh, that occasion. Brandon, out of
4: any of us, was the clutch. He was the one that um, yeah. least expecting and the most talented
2: he, was, <laughs> he had a humility about him, yeah, just the way he like kind different. of walked, yeah, yeah. Like he kind of had those shoulders that kind of drooped down. You're like, ah, I'm not expecting anything from this guy,
3: and there's, then he shows up. Oh my mm-hmm. god! There's,
4: there's a we have a family joke a, a little bit, and I um, apologize ahead if I got family members listening, but <laughs> my brother Adam was kind of this golden child who mm-hmm. got. You know, all state this, or he got all the all whatever <laughs> rewards. And Brandon was always kind of had a chip on his shoulder. And so, um, just to fast forward, these two have got into college football coaching. And Adams a Division one college football coach at Central Connecticut. And so the family text came out, and we're all congratulating him. And and so prior to this, Brandon would always one up Adam. Mm-hmm. And just about everything, like we were talking track, just at lunch today, right. um, Brandon's team ended up winning state four by four, and we also discussed how that grit. We were never the the fastest, never ever on any team was I the fastest. None of us were could jump the highest or anything, but. Had a way of, you know, specifically they would they would be successful. A lot mm-hmm. of Doug and Kurt, some yeah. of those guys that you guys obviously know no one about, no. but <laughs> it's still um, Brannon would always one up Adam. And then the whole family would kind of be like, "Oh, well, I guess nothing to see, no big deal. Good job, Brandon." It's <laughs> yeah. like, and then we'd be like, "You know, thanks for leading the way, Adam." Right? You know? right. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of threw a little uh, grenade in the family text. You know how we all have these little group texts oh, yeah. and family sure. texts. So Adam got uh, the Division One Central Connecticut State Division One head coaching role. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's good job, great job. That's so cool. And he always wanted to do that growing up, so we were really proud of him. And so I threw this little text in there. It's like, well, look for Brandon to be the Alabama D coordinator now, <laughs> yeah, <there you laughs> <go>. like just <laughs> yeah. to rub it in. Yeah. And, and so we got some comments on that, but I bet
1: know, nice.
2: That's what a family text is. Yeah, for. that's healthy. <laughs> yeah. That's healthy <laughs> as long as it's, yeah. it's yeah. in good yeah. fun and sure. no
3: one's getting too butt hurt over it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure. But so. Uh, the last time we had Kyle on, we yep. touched on family estate planning and just like what could happen and and kind of like a, a the windfall that, that you were bringing up. And we both said like that would be a good mm-hmm. thing to follow mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And and Kyle, you're more than willing to kind of share some thoughts with us on that. And, and I'm personally, you know, I selfishly want to know because we have a family farm, ranch, whatever, and, you know, we're going to be going through that. Probably sooner than later, you know. You hate to admit that, yeah. But, but we all are. I mean, we're on your family farm right here, yep, Ben. So right. I, I think it's it's not only top of mind for us, but it probably should be for a lot of folks out there. Or it's something that they've thought about, but they just kind of push it off or push it back.
1: I think I think that's the case. Is that um, you know what you're talking about? Primarily, we're talking about farms, uh, ranches. Mm-hmm. Big property ownerships yeah. in general yeah um you know every the value of everything's gone through the roof i mean you you could have twenty acres and it's that's something that needs to be planned for like it's there's a lot mm-hmm. going on there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so with with that in mind and and the effect that it could potentially have on all of the other things. You know, what's happening, you know, people are bitching about, one of the episodes we did was these foreign, where we were talking about with these foreign companies coming in and, right. you know, buying up land.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why Why are some of them even getting the opportunity to do those kinds of things? Right. You know, people are talking about like factory farms, you know, like that's this big term, like, oh, these big factory farms are buying everything up. You know, anymore mm-hmm. the, the thousand acre row crop farmer can't make it anymore because there's these other outfits that yeah. are buying all those thousand acres up and now they're 20, 30, 40,000 acre operations and they're factory farms and all this kind of stuff, you know, but it's a lot of it, in my opinion, based on the stuff that I've seen and that I think you guys are going to talk about is a result of either some of that poor planning or I guess what, which also is probably poor planning, just not having many options. Of what to do mm-hmm. you know when when people pass on or when it comes time
2: or not knowing your options yeah so that yeah i mean that's why i want to get kyle in there and yeah you know in here and get into the nitty-gritty of it a little bit you know
1: right and I, I think for me you know from the podcast entertainment side of this is i think everyone has some stake in this like everyone whether you own a farm or you don't mm-hmm. if you just if you live in a three hundred thousand dollar house in suburban mm-hmm america Mm -hmm. you are going to be affected by what is happening out here on these farms uh and this is something that you need to know and something you need to understand
2: yeah i mean just the property taxes alone right and how they i don't is manipulate the right word (laughs) you know you're talking about a piece of ground in the middle of omaha compared to a piece of ground you know in cherry county or whatever you know like there's so, such a huge spectrum, there's a huge difference.
1: For sure, for sure. So with that topic, where do you guys want to start?
2: I think Kyle needs to start it. Like, okay. I mean, the, I, we, I was talking to you about, like, the five do's and don'ts or most uncommonly uh, factors that people don't account for. Uh, and one we already kind of we kind of almost segued into is family. Like, is everyone's goals in line with each other? Uh you know, does this brother want the same as that brother? Does this sister deserve as much as that sister? You know, like how is it handed off or what do, what should Ma and Pa do to kind of line that up and at least, at least get a head start there with it? And,
1: and maybe to kind of start, to kind of like broaden it a little bit. And I don't know if you know this or not. Hopefully, I'm not putting you on the spot. But is there any kind of general number in terms of how often is this happening? Like, what are we looking at? You know what I mean?
4: Uh, it's it's happening daily. I mean, we're. I would say where I would like to start. Um, I'm here representing Foundation Wealth Advisors out of Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Prior to that life, I was um, meeting with high level executives within Farm Bureau of Nebraska, American Farm Bureau, trying to solve and crack this puzzle of estate planning. And I think when it comes to transition, there's there's a management component, there's a business component, then there, I mean, Dr. Hansen out of the University of Nebraska, he's retired now. He's a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot of this interest started with him twenty years ago. Where once I learned some of this, I then became permanently interested in transition. And so what he would say is you should get everybody at the kitchen table. Basically you need Mom, pa, every kid there, mm-hmm. and in-law, if, if you're willing. Some mm-hmm. families choose to have in-laws, some, some don't. So what we've been doing a lot of in terms of multi-generational planning is trying to get uh, two or three generations involved, at least to start talking about it. Because it's, it's one thing to go to Christmas, go to Thanksgiving, go to Easter, and, and say, oh, we should ask mom and dad what their plans are. It's it's quite another to actually sit down and discuss what is going to happen to the estate when they're yeah. gone. Yeah. And I think to speak to some of your earlier conversation around corporate farming, there's there's a vacuum in the industry that's been going on for at least 15 years, probably more, that nobody wants to recognize, nobody wants to talk about, and it's the corporate farm mantra that – is basically that's the only option Mm -hmm. at some level. Mm -hmm. Because as farms consolidate, they also have to uh, grow their management ability. They have to develop. They have to learn things they hadn't done before. There's a a certain size of a farm. Most people don't know this, but about 3,000 acres, your entire job changes. And then about 10,000 acres, your job changes again again. And so up till 3,000 acres, you can kind of manage the farm as a doer. Mm-hmm. You can basically do the tasks and be a workaholic You're and the get worker. it done. Yep. Operate the combine, feed the cows in the morning. Yep, yep, yep. pay the bills. You can kind of mm-hmm. do that up to 3,000 acres. Well, most people don't know that 3,000 acres is – Probably, you know, I don't know the exact statistics, but it's not a huge farm anymore. Mm-hmm. Most folks, if you right. guys have friends that farm, they may farm four or five thousand acres mm-hmm. as a multi-generational farm, and so um, you know the average might be fifteen hundred acres or a thousand acres or two thousand. I don't know that number, but I know for a fact your job changes at three thousand mm-hmm. acres. Hmm and so another fact that comes out is oftentimes a business that has the ability to transition rents about 3 quarters of their operation mm. so a lot of times you know at the coffee shop you hear so and so owns all their farm and everything they own 10,000 acres the reality is in most most cases statistically They own about twenty five hundred acres, and they're renting seventy five hundred acres.
1: Mm -hmm. So that number you were talking about earlier, when you when you're saying like three thousand acres, is that cutoff? You're talking about farming three thousand acres, not owning three thousand acres.
4: Farming, operating a business
2: on
0: three thousand acres. Yep.
2: And then then that stays the same too, though. Like the numbers stay the same as far as if he's farming three thousand acres, he probably only owns. What 750, yeah, whatever the number is, yeah, Yeah, so yeah, yeah, there's
1: a lot of that, yeah.
2: But, but at the coffee shop, yeah, you own it. Oh, so and so got a hold of so and so's property, now it's theirs. Well, not not not, not in the books, not on the books. And without
1: jumping the gun, I mean, another thing going on there is, you know, like, so let's take that one individual that's covering 3,000 acres and and 2,000 plus they're renting, there's a landowner on that other side that owns thousands. That's another person like they're not actively working that ground, but they need to be thinking hard about what we're talking and, about.
4: And uh, statistically in Nebraska, it's majority of the time it's a widow woman. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's yeah. actually a, um, just from actuary tables, women live longer and they end up owning the land longer. And so uh, widowed women are the the largest landholder in Nebraska. Hmm. And so... That's good, bad, or otherwise it yeah. doesn't matter. These are some facts that I'm laying mm-hmm. out right, for, for you sure. guys yep. to be thinking about. And so so that person has to kind of be thinking about a plan of what they want to do transition-wise. And, and a lot of times if there's, you know, two, three, four kids, maybe one has interest in coming back to the farm. Maybe none of them do. And depending on the size, whether they could or couldn't. And then there's mm-hmm. also, and again, I'm kind of opening up all the cans all at once, mm-hmm. but there's also the cost of transition. Some estates want to endure a cost of transition. Some are are very much, no, we don't want to incur that cost of transition.
3: And because, what do you mean, cost of transition? So
4: great question. Okay. That's bringing in the next generation of management. So and
3: that takes... Lots of money. It's significant. Are you really? talking about the death tax? You no. hear that a lot. You hear death <laughs> no, tax. No,
4: this is more of a management transition. Okay. So to to bring somebody into the scope of a business, when you think about corporate farming mm-hmm. or uh, most corporate farms are actually family farms. Mm-hmm. They just grew, t- grew to a point that their CPA said you need to be incorporated mm-hmm. to protect your liability. 99% oh. mm-hmm. of the time that's the case. Actually, corporation – is literally a tax term it's it yeah. it means nothing yeah. beyond yeah. An entity structure and so it's just been uh, it's just good business to be incorporated
1: sure yep and it's been kind of like used as like this this bad word the
2: one percenters with all yeah, the big money yeah.
1: like don't get me wrong like in 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 regular business like i'm i'm not a big corporate guy Mm -hmm. But when it comes to farms, I understand what that means. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of how they're structured.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You want to get in an LLC to protect
1: yourself. Because it might be a corporate farm, you know, with the air quotes here, people Mm -hmm. who aren't watching on YouTube. Uh, But it's – there might only be five or six people involved. right? Yeah. You know. Or less. Right. Two, three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I mean, many times, probably more times than not, it's – parents decided to get incorporated and they're bringing a kid in and they've right. had a C-Corp since the 80s. For you sure. Know, the 70s sure. and 80s, mm-hmm. those were popular. Now S-Corporations and LLCs have become more popular to help bring in the next generation.
2: So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, you you brought up those costs. Uh, what other, like, I guess, costs are, are involved with that? Because one of the buzzwords are things that I kept kept popping up on me when I was researching this was death tax. Like, you know, when when grandpa passes away, you better be ready because this death tax is coming and you better have your ducks in a row. Well, there's a
4: a couple statistics that are relevant. In 2025, the estate tax will sunset. And so what that means is the the an estate of 12.9 million and over gets taxed mm-hmm. as the Trump tax would sunset that number would go to 6 million well you guys can probably imagine that you don't have to be a very big farm owner mm-hmm. as a baby boomer to own 6 million dollars yeah. worth of property so anything over 6 million is going to be taxed at 40 to 50% levels. And again, the the different mm. some of the details uh-huh. we'll have to get a CPA on here <laughs> right. too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a very high tax. And Jeez. so, um, when we think about what's coming up, whether Congress will hold that together or keep it higher, yeah. continue to grow with inflation that so that's a that's a cost whether that that numbers at 12.9 or 6 million. I mean, you think of transition costs if that family gets in a car wreck and they have 13 million in 2026 and now they have a 7 7 million dollar taxable estate so 13 million minus 6 million saying that these tax cuts sunset and i know we're getting into the weeds here i'll try to Try to keep it as much surface as <laughs> I can. Don't lose us. Don't lose us. Yeah. So let's just say fifty percent. Well, that's a three three point five million dollar tax. So who has to come up with that number? That's usually, crazy. Yeah. Usually it's that next generation of children that have to, and and generally if it's in an ag state, it's the farming child that's got to figure out how to come up with that. Mm.
1: So if I'm following you, this is this is where we get to the root of this problem. Um, number one, there's not a lot of liquid assets in these operations. So you're looking for three and a half million to do whatever, and and no one can come up with that. So what do you do? Exactly. Sell a piece
4: of land. Well, yeah. then that hurts the operation. And
1: and even that, like maybe a piece of land, but if if only thirty percent of what they're farming is what they actually own in a piece of land, you know, I mean that's that's a big issue. There's not a, a whole ton there. And then you've got these kids who now they're getting saddled with this and they're like, they throw their hands up and they're like, there's nothing I can do here. Then all of a sudden what happens? You know, it it, it goes off. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. the I mean, oftentimes the, the farming child's left with that decision of, you know, is this worth mm-hmm. continuing as a business? And I, what I would probably say mm-hmm. most of the time, and I think we'll continue to see more and more of this is the the farming and non-farming children are going to look at it as passive income or passive estate. Mm-hmm. They're not going to look at it as so much as an operating business. You know, there are going to be the ones that continue the legacy mm-hmm. of turning a 5,000-acre farm into a 20,000-acre farm. But again, the the cost of that transition, yeah. just because you've got two or three job changes in there, yeah, you've got to do self developments, you know, business planning. Um, yeah. a, there's a lot that goes into that to be successful at yeah. it, in my
2: opinion. Yeah, and so it, it's funny you mentioned that because dumb it down on a much dumber level for me, mm-hmm. like being a content creator, doing this channel on YouTube and other channels that I manage. Uh, you get to a certain point where if your channels doing X amount of views. Then you shouldn't be editing your own videos. And my yeah, thought, my thought yeah. is like, what are you talking about? Like the whole reason I'm doing this because I like to edit videos and I have fun with it. And it's like, no, 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 you won't have time to edit your own videos. Mm-hmm. Your job. Has the to financial change. Yeah.
4: Management changes yes. enough. You become a yeah. financial manager so, versus a, a farm right.
2: tractor operator. So exactly. To speak. So like right now, I'm at that three thousand acres, looking at seven thousand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be editing that much video. You should be pawning it off on Fiverr or whatever. That's
1: kind of the bitch about um, like entrepreneurship in general, mm-hmm. because. I don't know anybody and I'm sure there's a few out there but that get involved in it with like this long-term picture in mind going what I actually want to do is just kind of run a business from the outside and be the guy with all the strings and doing all the things. Uh-huh. Most people start a business and go I really love doing this and this is how so this is why I want to do it. Yeah. And then it starts growing to this thing where they they like they're mm-hmm. holding themselves back or they're or they're yeah. building something for a future uh Catastrophe,
2: Right. And it's like forcing you into a hand that you didn't want to play. Like, mm-hmm. I no, I just, I enjoy editing videos and mm-hmm. putting funny noises to it, you know, making people <laughs> laugh. Uh, but no, no, you got 100,000 views on that. You can't afford to do that anymore. You got to move up. You know, you got to be a planner. You got to tell people what to do. You, you know, you can't even get behind a camera anymore because your time is too valuable. If that makes does that make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you yeah. You have
4: the levels and the glass ceiling that kind of get built in right. the business.
2: And just it, when you said that, like, it just, I tied it to another conversation i was having with that and like yeah you need to back off on the editing like that's
0: and what i, I do <laughs>
4: i think that's why entrepreneurs like starting businesses because the exciting part is the first thousand eight first three thousand acres, yeah. you know and yeah. speaking in generalities of all business yeah. mm-hmm. it's fun to start things and get it going and and that's probably my nature too i i enjoy that um but, yeah, you, you get that first 3,000 acres, and then you're like, okay, to go from there to 10,000 mm-hmm. acres, I don't know if I want to sit in an office every day. Right. That doesn't sound very appealing to be you yeah. know out in the field doing X, Y, and Z or mm-hmm. whatever.
1: I think with uh, some of this kind of stuff, and I don't know if you have any numbers or off the top of your head if you brought any, but I just like Googled a couple things real quick and add to this if you have any. Um, I I just Googled how many family farms need to be prepared for succession – like, what's what's going on right now? And All it's, of them. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. It Get says uh, It just says right off the top, 70, while nearly 70% of these operators expect their operation to continue as family businesses after they're gone, only 23% of them have created a formal succession plan. Uh, and it says that's especially worrisome when the average age of the American farmer is now 57 and a half years old. Wow, You start thinking about that, man, like... That's, that's scary. That's crazy. Well,
4: and, and on top of that, you've got – so a succession plan is one thing. This is the part that nobody talks about. Yeah. The management plan is another. Okay. And so that's the 23%. So you got the yeah. 70% oh. that's transitioning from grandpa and grandma. Yeah. And now you've got this kind of middle crush generation – that are trying to figure out they've, you know, ran Mm -hmm. the equipment their whole life. And then in their 50s, they're trying to figure out how to manage a lot larger Mm -hmm. financial scope of things. And whether it's they're trying to buy out a brother or sister or whatever, those buyouts become really expensive. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you think of land values, I know in Boyd County just this week we were talking about a piece of land along the Missouri River that brought $10,000 an acre. Mm -hmm. And And that's that's going to shake
2: the
4: the, – um, just kind of the ag landscape up there. And mm-hmm. kind of from Omaha, from Oakland, from Norfolk, it's like, ah, oh, well that's that's normal up there. We're still much higher down here, but it mm-hmm. localized to bring it up there. That's a yeah. big shake to everybody. Every kid that wants to farm up there now looks at buying out their two or three siblings as much more difficult. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And those off farm children are looking at that as saying, Well, I just became XYZ more valuable. And so there's there's that dynamic of, yeah. you know, kind of trying to buy out the siblings of the estate. So there's kind of your your high level of that land transitioning, but then that farming business or that farming son or daughter, what are they going to actually do to be able to afford to be able to do that?
3: Yeah, this may sound weird, but I was just thinking, all right, so we have children. Let's say we had thousands and thousands of acres. If I knew two of my children did not want that at all, why would I even put them in my, why would I even have them do that? Like be a part of that or like this be, have the farm so then they can fight later. Like, why wouldn't I just give them this X amount of money and so then the kids don't have to say, I'm going to buy you out. Like, why are you causing riff as the parents? Well, is that got, a weird guys, question? You guys
1: tell me if if I understand this.
3: <laughs> I don't know. You're I'm just saying.
1: You're perfect for this podcast. <laughs> I mean, there's a birthright, right? There's a birthright, period. You I'm know?
3: sorry. I don't. Yeah. yeah oh,
2: bullshit. Like, well, I was born into this family. I deserve what this farm was worth.
1: So when you think about <laughs> right? the, 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 the thing is with the uh, law. No one's farms. entitled
3: to anything. It's uh, not no! like.
4: So Dr. Hansen always said, the first thing he said says to a, let's say we're a family meeting and he says to the kid, the first thing he says is your parents don't owe you anything. Okay.
3: Am I not, hmm. like, I don't feel like I should have to owe my children this land just because I birthed them.
1: I'm telling you, that's not how children feel.
3: I'm sure they don't.
1: (laughs) Right. But also, but also like if you're going to, if you die, like it's still going to be there and it's going to be worth something. And you're going to prefer that it goes to someone you made.
3: Well, yes, absolutely. But I'm just saying, I guess there could be a plan for a death. But if I know a a child is like into something that's nothing of the sorts of farming, why would mm -hmm. I in my right mind think? I
1: think here's what the other problem is that with farms, a lot of the, the, the value of those individuals is wrapped up in things like land, things like equipment. Illicoid okay, so like
3: items. they don't have right. a lot yeah. of other money.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just not like it's not a, a lot of people. And that's, well, a, part I think of that's... the
4: reason they don't is because they've been avoiding taxes for a long time. Sure. I
1: wanted to get there into this. I yeah. really wanted to get mm-hmm. into this. Yeah. Just... And it's, that's just a way of uh, like, it's, it's. What do you what... mean avoiding? So taxes? it's what this company, or not this company, not this country, liquid. it's okay. what this country has built. Mm -hmm. the all of the regulations and things and so then people are trying to figure out ways to work with these systems and it's like you know when you hear a guy say like oh i gotta go buy a new truck every year
3: yeah it's It's like like, oh sorry for you joe
1: but he's got to do it because it's like some kind of tax you know incentive and so on and so forth and if you take that
4: code section 179 you can write off a 100% of an item, a pickup, and so these CPAs are instigating this. Yeah, and yeah. And they're they're actually you can write off half a million dollars. But you still the first have to pay
3: year. for it.
1: Well, right. well, well. will go to the government pay taxes through taxes. Or interest. You yeah. pick. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. So you got to spend. Okay.
2: Yeah, and, and the way I've heard it put is, you got to spend shit to make shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. like, that's a Boyd County quote right there. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's also
1: one of those things where you decide like, do I want to give my hundred thousand dollars to the government or do i want to give my hundred thousand exactly. dollars to chevrolet yeah. you know or whatever mm-hmm. you know what i mean like <laughs> in a in a yeah. general way Here, here's the the crazy
2: thought that went through my head as i was, was kind of researching for this one for you and, and i want to <laughs> get your thought on it because uh we all know people and we're talking about it right now how they've they have built this farm on showing that they come up with just a Barely a profit or a loss so they can maximize taxes and get their truck or whatever, you know, every year. Yeah, isn't that astonishing? Like this guy is losing money on the books, but every year he has a new combine that actually has his name embroidered in the leather seat. Like, it blows my mind. Like, this guy's broke on paper, but look at this. Every
4: It's an anomaly. Kiapa County, which is but, near Boyd County, uh-huh. is, uh, I think, a statistic probably 10 years ago, they were, like, the number three poorest county sure, yeah. in the country. Mm-hmm. And as you and I know, you go out there on a hunting weekend, and yeah. there's brand-new pickups yeah. on every site, and there's a brand-new combine. There's mm-hmm. the best cattle in the country. Mm-hmm. And so it's partly because of that section code one seventy nine where folks are you might as a business owner you might make two or three hundred thousand and your tax guy says, Well, you need to go buy that pickup, buy that combine and then they'll kinda of manage to make that break even or there but you somebody's still gotta pay the interest mm-hmm. and, and you have to have the money to do it, so you borrow money. Right. So some of that Happens, and yeah, the, the land appreciation kind of at the end of the day trumps everything, and that has in hmm. our current state that we're in right now. Well, and
2: so that's what I because Ashley and I, my wife Ashley and I, were kind of talking about this too, just just you know, coffee shop talk going back and forth. Um, when you predicate a business on showing that you're operating at a loss or very minimum, making a little bit like that, just doesn't on the surface and in any any thought that's not. Good. Like your business is showing that you're losing money every year and you're and then well, on top I, of it, you're proud of it. Like so what I'm asking you, Kyle, is has that set the table in some form of way to where we're at now where you're so unliquid, you have no liquidity. Now you are at you're on your knees to this system that's gonna sell you off now piece by piece. It's gonna turn brother against brother, brother against sister. Grandpa wants to do what's right, but he can't. And it's all because we all just played right into like, I know it makes no sense, but I got to show that I don't make any money. Like, I feel like if everyone would have just said hell with it, I'm going to do it, quote unquote, right. And I'm going to maximize this farm and we're going to make as much money as possible. Like every other goddamn business, you're set to make a profit. And now we're running into this. I don't know. It it feels as hopeless. Like everyone's going to have to sell off with the stat you just read. Only 23% are set up to even mm-hmm. think about handing it off to the next generation. Right. Yeah. So it is. It's just going to all go to China or Ted Turner and his Buffalo Ranch or whatever. <laughs> but the little guys yeah. up against it here, and I feel it's a little bit of their own doing, but they're just playing ball. Baby,
1: just... You, you look at it on a national stage, too, though, and you hear all this stuff like, you know, to, to hate to bring it up, but like the whole Trump stuff that's going on. And everything that he's been doing with his businesses and what he's getting accused of and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, right? Because I'm smart, I did it. Because <laughs> I'm mean, smart. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> yeah. like it's just business in the U.S. Like that's yeah. just how this stuff works. Of course, well, I'm not to
2: Trump,
4: even the first round was heavy into real estate, and mm-hmm. and they have some of those same uh, depreciation loopholes mm-hmm. that he admittedly fully utilized the tax code to yeah. get around. So yeah. if if he's successful, he's gonna triumph that. If he's mm-hmm. if if something didn't work, you know he's got his way to describe how that why it didn't work. I use that one for depreciation yeah. you know, and he was or whatever. applauded.
2: Yeah. He was applauded for not paying taxes. Where, like I feel like that was an "I gotcha See, he's not paying his taxes, and yeah. he comes in. I didn't pay taxes because I'm smart. Yeah. and we're like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, right. he was and like, everybody.
1: but he, he did say. I mean, yeah. and, and he wasn't wrong. That At least he owned it. Hey, I'm just playing yeah. the hand I was dealt. Like this is this is the rules they made. I'm just I'm I'm just playing by it. So. But, I'm sorry I went on a rant there, but – so, Cal, did that play the (laughs) the foundation for this?
4: I think this topic – this needs to be like the five series or five-part series because there's so many levels here. I want to touch back on Morgan's where – I You know, I, I know a family that desperately didn't want their kids fighting. So mm-hmm. for for a lot of years, they just did everything with the neighbor. They had three or four family members that wanted to be involved in agriculture and at their own personal level were. Okay but they the the parents decided, well, we just want to avoid conflict, so mm-hmm. let's work with the neighbor, work with the neighbor, work with the neighbor. And that model pretty much worked. so there there is some success in the fact that if you protect your kids from that, um, arguably, someone in even my wife and my experience, you know, she. My my goal with like our agriculture of the state is to give my kids an opportunity if they want to. Yeah, yeah. I don't fully expect them to to want to farm mm-hmm. or to. But if they if they have any entrepreneur spirit and they have any belief that they want to have a resource to start from, I don't want to have me in the way of that from them trying.
3: <laughs> okay,
4: and so. Uh, a little different there than what you were talking about, but I think that's not uncommon where you have a uh, a wife or a spouse that feels like, well, I don't really want the conflict. Why don't I avoid mm-hmm. this? And then a lot of uh, years ago, one of the kind of uh, philosophies was to buy life insurance on the on the estate for the mm. non-farming children. So essentially, that's a lot of big words for just saying that basically the estate was designated for one child and mm-hmm. one child only okay and the life insurance would pay the other kids out so that the mm-hmm. the farming child would not have to come up with this out of pocket mm-hmm. huge estate you know <coughs> loan Transition. to to buy these 10,000 plus acre farms to be able to keep the farm together the problem with that model i would say 15 years ago it it started the numbers got too big the life insurance so the you know the old thing where the the daughters off the farm oh. would get the life insurance but it would be like it's not it wasn't enough it was not, not near even close. enough not even oh, okay. close so not that, fair <laughs> definitely okay excuse me definitely not fair I gotcha. and so that that's an old strategy there's still some places for it to work but generally that that's something when I was in college and even before that we heard a lot about that strategy huh. of trying to buy life insurance for the non-farming children and then they would get a buyout and I think that worked probably through maybe the 90s I don't know
3: yeah
1: but, I can kind of understand like what you're saying where you're coming from if we take it into our own I know I house, just don't like, feel like we're we're so we're running this business and do any of our three kids show interest in being a part of this business? So then you look at that and you're like, well, you don't even want anything to do with this. So, like, I don't really want to gift this business to you because I know you're not going to carry it on. You're not going to do it justice. You're, you know, whatever. Like, it just doesn't add up. But then I think on the other hand, like, there's so many people who – don't own or run a business and they're, you know, they're working a nine to five or whatever the job may be. And they're building up this retirement bank account. And then at the end of it, they're like, okay, well, this is getting divvied these ways, you know? So it's like, what is the difference? I, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I think there's, there's some debate to be had. Yeah, I don't either.
3: And then I was thinking of, you know, our parents, like, you know, your mom has land and whatever. I don't feel like you and i know you don't feel like you're owed that Mm-mm. you just don't yeah but i guess we are maybe different than other people that well and it's feel, also there's also a different you
1: know? value there because we're talking about like 50 you
3: know, acres or something.
1: Yeah, I mean we're talking about like a few hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million dollars whatever. But when you're talking about like
3: thousands of acres, yeah, maybe, that's ta- maybe that's where you're maybe that's where it changes is when well, there's so, more acres and there's more
4: Sometimes stuff. there's a misconception. The kids might think they all own 5,000 acres and the parents are like, "Well, we actually only own nine hundred of this. The rest of this is yeah, creating the sure. jobs yeah, and yeah. The, the income to get you guys through school or whatever, you know. And okay. this thing
1: this thing's worth nothing if people don't continue to do the work every
4: day. Yeah. Yeah. If nobody's gonna operate those other three or four thousand acres yeah. nothing, the estate's yeah. not as big, kind of like you're saying. It's not as and I, I wouldn't say I see a lot of entitlement from that okay. mentality. There's a little bit occasionally you'll see a situation where Somebody got taken advantage of, and it's like really that's unfortunate. But you just most the work time with you it. wouldn't. Okay, I would say majority of the time people aren't in this expectation mm-hmm. mode of "I'm owed yeah. this" or "I deserve that." But um, once in a while, there is that case where, and and I guess in my role, it's my job to be like, "What's your business plan? Why are you owed that?" Hmm. And oftentimes they can't answer that. And mm-hmm. you're trying to coach them to, to yeah. figure that out. And,
3: and I so. guess this all goes back to where you started it. It's a roundtable discussion. Like that's where it needs to start to with
4: families. To get everybody On you know, talking page. about yeah. the same page. And
1: yeah, I think and that, that's the trick. That was the next question I was going to ask essentially. So like we've talked about all this stuff. We've like kind of highlighted a bunch of these problems and why this is all a, a, a thing. Why Why people need to be concerned about it. For you and what you guys do where do, where do people start what what do folks need to do and kind of take us through that so for
4: from what i see and again even back be, beyond my initial job right now comprehensive financial planning is where to start and um basically starting right with yourself right with you know right you and your wife or you and your spouse and and if kids are getting of age where they're in, interested kind of figuring out what they want what you want where you're going and if you're involved with the next generation – so one thing we're doing right now is basically on the onset of anybody becoming 70 years old, we're trying to include that next generation in one meeting a year. Mm. Just because from an estate planning standpoint, if something happened to that older generation, car wreck or cancer or quick anything, you know, are do you have the foundational paperwork in place – to transition. So uh, beneficiary um, alignment. So financial institutions all have their own specifically that can be different than estate planning documentation. So our Mm -hmm. job is to basically align the two, make sure they're the same so that a bank may, they may have their own designation and the estate documents may have something different. Yeah, Meaning basically when people sit down and do this, if they did the the financial institution 5 years ago and they're doing their estate documents now they'll they'll oftentimes assume that what they say now is what they said 5 years ago but it's not it's not, it's not the case oftentimes mm, yeah. it's not so you're well you said this over here you mm-hmm. know which is it so then you reformulate it so some of it's just assessing estate documents and making sure they're in good order and making sure they're, you know, the way that they want them.
1: What do you recommend to someone? Because I feel like I would be in this camp that you, you've, you you know, you're doing your thing. You're an entrepreneur. You you started farming. You've grown your business. You're just a hard worker. You You love doing it. You hate thinking about all of these other things that come along with it. And you've had kids and maybe the kids were interested, maybe they weren't they've moved on and you're starting to get up there and you don't you don't have any plan and you don't even really want to think about the plan you don't care but you might die tomorrow what's what what do you recommend to those folks because like you said like early on they should be meeting with a financial advisor they should be having things in place like yes perfect scenario for sure but how about the people that haven't at all like what do you do now when you feel like man it's it's getting late i need to think about this so
4: ultimately you there's this concept of resist or releasing control mm-hmm. and so you you non-resist. So just actually a week or week and a half ago I was with an 80-year-old guy and you know multi-generational meeting and we're sitting there and and they're trying to bring the the farming son wants to do all this stuff and the parents and mm-hmm. he he actually told me prior to the meeting, he said, I'm not ready to give up control. Aww. Okay, so that's an easy, yep. easy meeting. You yep. know where yep. the power lies and you know where it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And so, and we talked for a couple hours and, and at the end of the meeting, I told the son, told the spouse, I said, ultimately, we all know this is in your your decision. So you got to tell us how to move forward. And and I tell you that story because often that's the case. The the um, person in control does not want to give up control, mm-hmm. and until they can get to a position of giving up control, giving releasing control to a son, a spouse, a daughter, a neighbor, uh, nothing's going to happen. So and and so you you can kind of work on those, and you just you you kind of just end up doing. You know, in my position, I'm an employee to them because I'm just form formulating documentation according to that. But ultimately, in a case like that, nothing's going to transition because they're not yeah. willing to release the control. So it, it does come down to control, unfortunately. Hmm. But you can, you can like
2: put out a map, right? A roadmap, lay down some for sure some pieces there, you know, like okay. Are, you, you control it. You control it. You still got it. But if something were to happen, yep. We, here's, you know. here's what could happen. Like, here's your plan. And could he, could he actually, like, sign on the dotted line, like, okay, if, if I die tomorrow, uh, good Homer Simpson, quote, you could wake up dead tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> if he wakes up dead tomorrow, like, could you get something in line where, okay, these things will happen then? and in in this specific case they
4: have good estate documents mm-hmm. but we're working on management documentation for mm-hmm. the next generation so it's it's kind of like if something happened for sure there's a there's a plan of action yeah. the problem is the everyone nobody else likes it
2: right so yeah so of you have this not. case yeah. where yeah. you've got kind of the godfather in control yeah. and 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 he's you, saying, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and you're going to take that, and you're going to be happy, and nobody's happy. And nobody's ready
4: for that. And I, yeah. I ran through that scenario a couple times where it's like, and and I could tell the next generation's Ooh. not on board with it, right. but what do you do? You yeah. can't, you know, until right. somebody's ready to relinquish control. And I, I mm-hmm. think that's a testament to any area of all of our lives. I'm a parent and a father of four, and, and there's things with with that, you, you kind of get forced to relinquish some control with right. kids, right? I yeah. mean, you kind of yeah. – and so there – I mean, in an estate situation, you, you kind of become – you can hold on as tight as you want, <laughs> but it, the harder you hold, the the tighter you squeeze – the less chance that estate has to making it to that twenty three percent that actually can transition, and I'm using your number, yep, but
0: yep. kind of can yeah.
4: make it to that next generation of business owners in agriculture.
0: So yeah.
1: we we've gotten a ways into this, and I've I've heard you say this a couple different different times. So let me ask this: Is there some kind of difference that I don't that I apparently didn't understand prior to this between you keep using the term management and like the the ownership or the succession or does that well, make sense? Yeah, the question I'm asking.
2: I, I think part of that is one of the five top things that happen. You know that fall that ends up being the downfall of a family farm is farms are expensive to run, and from time of death to you know the next generation taking mm-hmm. over. Even if you got the foundation, the, the the whole roadmap put together, you still need to figure out how to finance that for a year to get this all transitioned over. And you still got to come up and pay this, pay that, Mm -hmm. uh, pay employees, uh, rent the ground because 70 percent of the ground that you farm isn't yours. You know, you got to come up with that cash and you don't have access to that cash, you know, because it's not just overnight type of deal. So is is that like part of what you're talking about management? Yeah, there's there's just more of that. I mean, and
4: oftentimes that larger father, mother will say, well, you know, when we go, we'll just – we'll just quit doing this over here mm-hmm. because they won't be able to handle it. Well, the only reason they can't handle it is cuz they don't know about it. Ooh. Oftentimes they don't have the they don't have the relationship, they don't have the phone number, they don't have the connection. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of goes back mm-hmm. you got to communicate that. You got to sit around the table and yeah. talk about it if you want if you want it to continue. Now, there are tools out there, uh, Meriprize specific, has a a real estate investment trust where you can 1031 exchange out of farm ground and into an investment. And so that's a tool we're starting to expose Mm. people to, to where those non-farming children can still inherit an estate and, and do very well. Um, even prior to death, because at death they get a stepped up basis, which I again, I don't want to get into the weeds too much, but basically they get a set the value on the property in the death of a, of a owner. Mm-hmm. And so that it maybe the parents got the land for a hundred dollars in today's markets, ten thousand dollars if the parents die. The kids get a stepped up in basis. You'll hear that term a lot in the national news um, when they talk about, uh, at least in ag circles with, with the American Farm Bureau, who I have some history with. We were constantly talking about wanting to keep stepped up basis. That's why, because the children would get that stepped up basis. But if before death they want to transition the land, there's not a good way to do it. Some Some parents will deed a piece of land over to a kid. Yeah. The problem is, now that kid has a hundred dollar tax cost basis. So if they ever decide to sell that land, they're going to get murdered mm, on taxes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's no. where a real estate mm-hmm. and uh, 1031 exchange would be a valuable situation for those heirs that maybe don't want to. They they don't necessarily want to own and manage farm so, ground.
2: So let me, let me see if I follow you. That 1031 allows you to invest, but then also kind of. Side by side, update the value of the, the yep, property? Yeah, the cost basis. Right. It, well, you don't get the
4: update. You get to carry the investment forward with the same cost basis, but you can sell it over time rather than all at once. So mm. let's say, for example, that you got deeded a property from your dad, mm-hmm. and now your cost basis is $100 an acre because he deeded it before he passed. Right. and We got now, it from great-grandpa. Yep. It just stayed and, that way. Yep. The cost stayed low. Yep. And so now you're like, gosh, we could really use that money at 10000 an acre. Mm-hmm. So you, now you sell it for $10,000 an acre.
2: Crack's a hell of a drug. Cocaine's a hell of
0: a drug. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> and so now you're hit with this tax liability where there's no know, way. In in one year. Mm-hmm. So you have all that capital gains in one year yeah. to where the REIT would make you be able to sell it off over time. And again, we won't get into this today because it's more complex, but annuities work the same way. And so um, if you buy an annuity at a certain – or if you inherit an annuity, you have to pay the tax over yeah. time. So and those so- –
1: Particular things that you're talking about there, is that where you guys specialize in in that kind of stuff? Yeah,
4: Foundation Wealth Advisors. Yep, we do all the above. And so for me specifically, I really like that um, ag estate transition piece though to really frame up. We don't do all the paperwork, we have attorneys that help us, but we can really quarterback it to sit around the table with you and develop strategy. Because a lot of times CPA, they're they're mainly looking at uh, work to do, like the mm-hmm. they're actually preparing documents and processing taxes. Uh, attorneys are the same way; they want to know what you want wrote up, and so sometimes mm-hmm. our job is to kind of create that strategy and help them.
3: You're like glorified counselors.
4: We actually we are. I my MBA has an em- emphasis <laughs> like, on counseling. Yeah, doing I mean you're a good talker and like it's literally. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, our in- our whole industry could evolve into kind of this kind of coaching. Yes, that's what I was thing.
3: thinking. Coaching, mm-hmm. counseling, like the whole yeah. mentoring. Well,
2: I think there's a definite need for it, especially if family farms want to hold on. Because mm-hmm. if you don't. It'll, it will it'll just be it'll it'll on, go right? away. So is yeah. that where that so comes these
4: in? Potential foreign entities, right? That's right. what <laughs> I was thinking. So is yeah. that
3: where that comes in, where it's just easier? And like China's like, hey, I'm going to make this easy for your family. Here's here's
2: this the cash. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And cash, and, that, and yeah. it's that easy.
2: And two kids didn't want anything to do with it. The one that does, he's an asshole anyway. So sell They'll out. They'll take the money. Yeah, yeah. okay. Take the money and run. Yeah,
3: All right. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah definitely, yeah. like the big the big money people like that make it easy for people to just kind right. of. Well, forget about it. We don't want to deal with all this mm-hmm. crap. We weren't prepared for it. We're yep. going to take a beating if we do anyway. Yeah. So we'll just let them have it. I yeah. gotcha. You know. Yep. And I think that's where what I was saying in the beginning, where the the interest needs to come in from folks who are listening to this who don't necessarily own a bunch of farm ground. Maybe they know people who do, or maybe they're the kids of people who yeah. own a bunch of farm or you know whatever. Get they talking. They need to have. They need to have interest in this because we are all going to be affected in one way or another in the end
2: right and i don't care like if it's a business or if it's a if it's a farm that's only a thousand acres 1500 like man if you grew up on that farm with you know your two brothers or whatever like my story Mm -hmm. we all care about it to a certain extent and i think we all want to keep it in the family some way shape or form but like you know yeah, It's not just going to happen. Well, and <laughs> you know, from we got to
0: figure that out. Kind of from yep. an
4: investment standpoint, real estate's a great way to there, – there used to be. This is not so much sold anymore. But Ameriprise, before it was Ameriprise, talked about these four cornerstones of investing. And one of mm-hmm. the cornerstones was uh, real estate and cash and then I think bonds and stocks. Mm-hmm. And so – I actually still like that analogy today So, because I, I work with mostly rural folks and mostly agriculture. And, and going forward, it'll get more and more specific to that. Yeah. And so I actually love to hear that because there are ways to keep that in the family. There are ways mm-hmm. to – Keep it growing, and the, and the, it it fits into a global portfolio for you and your family most generally. Mm-hmm. Now, one one thing I came came from agriculture, went into investment management. One of the first things I realized how much over allocated I was. I owned some farm ground at um, three different counties, and. And one of the things, we have a, a tool called Total View. So you put in all your investments, all your retirement accounts, all your bank accounts, savings accounts, if you've got any liabilities, and you put in your real estate. And so I put everything in there, and it it spits out. I'm like 975 allocated to ag land you know and i'm like oh, oh my boy. gosh i'm an investment advisor how do <laughs> i even, you know that's the other piece of my life is the investment advisor piece so um it was just interesting yeah. a year year and a half ago we started putting some money in the stock market to kind of rebalance that a little bit and i talk about diversification yeah i, I sell it every day and here i am a real right. estate owner yeah. you know yeah. so but i do to your point we always, my brothers, similar, grew up like you. We talk about how um, my family's all over the country, yep. and they'll always say yeah, we'll talk about real estate in their mm-hmm. part of the country, whether it's Brandon in Oklahoma or Adam in Connecticut, Lance in Kansas, and always it, it's uh, they say it's not Boyd County. Yeah, and of course right, to you yeah. guys that means you you're like I would never own property. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, to Andy yeah, yeah. and I, it's oh, like yeah. if you could own a little piece of Boyd County, you got yeah. you, you got, got
0: everything. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you're just up there pheasant hunting. Hey, it's a
1: pretty, right. pretty cool spot, man. Yeah. Yeah. We had a good time. Yeah. I so. like it.
2: Yep. It is. It is. It's heaven on earth. But that's I think that I think a lot of folks think that of where they grew up and that's good i think it's a good thing yeah i
1: think the reality is that it's 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 just becoming or it it probably became a long time ago just one of those things that you got to do you got to figure it out like if anything is going up in value and Mm -hmm. getting crazy it's it's land i mean yeah that's that's through the roof we're seeing record sale prices for stuff it's unbelievable Um, folks have to get ready for that you just have to if you want to keep it around if you want to have that pride in, in, in how you came up and what the family owned and, and carry it on and those yeah, kinds of share things. share it with the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and hopefully, you know, more and more folks get motivated to be a part of it, you know, physically.
2: Oh, I, I when, when Kyle just said, you know, there is it fits into a global portfolio, you mm-hmm. keeping your family farm, mm-hmm. but you got to do that legwork before it's too late. Yeah. Right. And it, it
4: might be a, a rental property that your grandparents lived in. I, I was just telling him when we got here how cool this is. My my grandparents, we turned our their house into an office. And I okay. yeah. I, you know not sure how my extended family always fully felt about that. But my assessment was we were running a business that was growing and the the for that area, the next generation of managers was not going to live in that home.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
4: mean, they just weren't. I right. hired managers, and they were not going to come back to live in in Grandpa's home anymore. They were going to yeah. live in the next uh, you know town that had um, you know activities that they wanted to be doing as sure. a family. And yeah. so,
2: yeah, and and those farmhouses, you know, you drive them all the time. They're just a big square block that's painted white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pretty has, cool, yeah, yeah there's two windows here, two windows there. Yep, you yep. know on each side. And that that's it. But yeah, it's tough to try and hire somebody and put them in that. Yeah. You know.
1: Was well, there anything else, Kyle, that you'd want to like leave folks with on this particular topic?
4: Um, you know, I I've just enjoyed being here. I love this conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what drew me back was yeah. uh just you know, I could talk about this every day. Obviously, that's kind of what I'm doing now mm-hmm. daily. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I just thank you guys for having me on and enjoyed the conversation again.
1: Anybody who, uh, who if this sparks some interest and they want to talk to someone, I think we talked about this before, but what? how do they find you guys? What kind of?
0: So
4: again, I'm in Oakland, Nebraska, with Foundation Wealth Advisors and Ameriprise Financial, and our uh, core office is in Norfolk, Nebraska. We've got eight other advisors, and so um, I would say agriculture estate planning is something that I'm passionate enough about. If they if if somebody wants to have a deeper conversation to to get a hold of me there, you can. You know, we got a website and all the social media links, um, but. If you google me you'll get their foundation wealth you'll be able to find us i don't know what all my Duh. links are
2: specifically <laughs> <laughs> but oh, i looked up. up i looked up some of those links and i put them on our last podcast oh so okay. good and you got a bunch of hate mail so i must have got oh, the right one good means you're doing something yeah, yeah, yeah
1: and are you guys uh servicing folks like all over the country or regionally oh, yeah. or okay so yep.
4: my vision for our office is to become uh fully digital capable in three years, meaning what that means is there, wherever you're at, even – I mean, in my mind, even globally, mm-hmm. you would have mm-hmm. access to our tools and our abilities to help you in, in business transition, agriculture transition, real estate, estate planning, and, and okay. so that's – even to the point where down the road I think we'll be able to offer some fractional CFO services to, to larger farms that are hitting those 10,000-acre platforms or you know, mm-hmm. getting to a size where they need different types of development and different types mm-hmm. of learning that I had to go through myself. So some of it's um, self-deprecating and trying to use use stuff that I've yeah. been through to benefit other folks.
1: I know we, we've talked a lot about ag and farms and ranches and stuff, but do you guys deal with – Businesses in general with that kind of transition oh, yeah. planning as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and and
4: I see that that's where I think my future will be yeah. is in in some of that business financial planning, estate planning, and uh, compensation modeling and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So uh, yeah, that stuff gets me pretty excited. We could have another podcast <laughs> on that.
0: <laughs>
1: we probably should. As I said earlier, like I'm I'm one of those guys where like I don't I don't have that plan together. So. Someday we're gonna have to sit down and talk sure. with what we yeah, got going. We on. Go.
2: We'll just talk it out over the. I hate. I'm like I'm, I'm probably
1: like a lot of people listening to this. I I just you don't like that thought. You don't want to.
2: Dude, it's like the dentist. Like I know I should go, but I don't want
1: to. Yeah, but you then know, once... it's just gonna give me bad news and make me hurt. And then probably once you do it, then you're like, man, I should have done that a while ago. Yeah, my teeth look better now.
2: Oh my god! <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: the, probably the funnest thing we hear is when people leave the office. And I've this has been a a fun thing to hear is. I'm so glad I met you. Meaning mm-hmm. this yeah. is not what yeah. your common investment advisors are doing. Right. We're we're specific at Foundation Wealth we're specifically yeah. doing beyond that kind of into this kind of coaching role of yeah. helping people through this whole process. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my passion of wanting to Which is to be good.
3: There. People need yeah. that. They don't know yeah. where to go, where to Appreciate.
2: start, what to do. Help lay a path yeah. and also be that third party where there's not that Tension. Yes. You know? Yes.
4: That's the biggest thing. People so. won't bring it up on their own. Like yeah. families mm-hmm.
2: generally won't yeah. bring
4: it up on their own. They yeah. almost need anybody in the room that's going to say, yeah. "You got to say what's on your mind, or we're not going to move this
0: thing right. anywhere." Yeah. And, yeah.
2: and getting back full story here, Kyle's an instigator. He's a Lechtenberg, so he's not afraid to be an instigator.
4: No. So he will unfortunately, instigate that unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been accused of, you know.
2: Uh oh. No, he's a perfect guy. For the job
1: well hopefully it. it uh this rang some bells for folks um again in the ag world i think it's extremely important oh yeah i i hate yep. to see the number of family farms like i mean i see them on a monthly basis that are dealing with this kind of stuff yeah. i think last time you and i talked i had met with a guy not far from here that was going through the same thing mm-hmm. he was like a he was a guy that was renting ground from the old man and the old man had three or four kids and he was a you know his his wife had passed on and and he ends yeah. up uh, basically, working with the guy who's renting the ground from him to give him all of that and, and work with him, and oh, the kids are out. and The kids mess. are pissed, and yeah, there's oh, a pickup truck over that. here, yeah. and there's a tractor over here, and there's all these yeah. things. And, it, and the guys tell me about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and, man, I can't believe this is what's going on. And you hear about it all yeah. the time.
2: And it's one of those cases for me. It's like it's heartbreaking on so many different levels. Like as a nation, you want to stay strong, and you don't want to yeah. see the yeah. degeneration of families and turn. You know, so you, there's that. The big macro but on the micro because you you know a guy now and you're seeing that with mm-hmm. our neighbors and mm-hmm. wherever else whether it be boyd county or whatever you can actually bring it home and you have a story where it's like a man or neighbors and those two guys those two brothers or brother and sister they are so close growing up
1: and now they can't even talk to each yeah, other they, they, they hate, hate each, each other. other yeah yeah because mm-hmm. the farm didn't break down the way they thought it should or, or would and for me i think the bottom line is that like the the gov what the government wants to do with these kinds of things that's where our our enemy is like I'm not saying the government's our enemy I'm just saying mm-hmm. like that's where the problem is so we got to find people like Kyle that are wanting to do mm-hmm. these things that are going to give us some education share with us what your options are how these things can work mm-hmm. and you just got to bite the bullet and you got to do it
0: yeah.
2: yeah yeah bite the bullet
1: figure it out right? call
2: Kyle get the instigator involved yeah yep. <laughs> yep. there we go. <laughs> All right. What not else? Sure. If I want that to be my like, motto, he's, he's <laughs> going <laughs> out <Nope>. on that.
0: <laughs> we'll put that we in. called
4: the, the instigator <laughs> up. We're going to have him come in and
2: shake you loose, Dad. <laughs> See,
3: I said like glorified counselor, and he's saying instigator. So that's well. Uh,
2: you need someone to kickstart the conversation, again. and yes. everyone agrees it's a conversation that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and Kyle's coming from a good place. So right. I, I'm not going to yeah. say instigator is a bad we'll put it, it in the title
1: one. it'll be in parentheses
2: there we go <laughs> the, the instigator just like the Terminator
3: <laughs> yeah there you go there you go well All thanks right. for coming it was nice to meet you this time
1: yeah right, you came back yeah. oh yeah I forgot you didn't get to meet him last time I didn't yeah yeah, yeah man it's good to see you again you thanks for coming do. out thanks for making the trip anything awesome. else no, no? alright All right. peace we'll see you later ya.
4: thank you guys